the Neon Confidential Podcast. Is this thing on? <laughs> if you tuned in last week, we had Lauren Kit Carter on the show, and we had so much to talk about that we broke our conversation up into two hour-long episodes. So if you missed it, be sure to go back and listen to last week's episode so you can be caught up for this part two. This part of the episode, we dive deeper into how her investment opportunities led her to leading the charge for a successful new business venture in crypto. We talk about her journey with plant medicine and all of her applicable life tips. With that, let's get into the second half of the conversation with Lauren Kit Carter. So I did. I just started my yeah. uh, stock portfolio and was investing in during that time, I was also figuring out what I could do while traveling all around the world with him. And part of that, I'm also old school. Um, my mom is Irish. My dad's Mexican, Native American. And um, the woman, is, so the man is the head of the household. Um, and Nick definitely wears the pants in our family, but I tell him which pants to wear. Right. And <laughs> so I'm um, kind of that old school woman, like, I'm going to cook. I'm going to clean. Um, we didn't have housekeepers. I cleaned our house. I did all the laundry. I did everything for us. I supported him. And in doing so, um, we were able to cultivate a beautiful relationship because I sacrificed. And I don't even, I don't really even look at it as a sacrifice. I look at it as a choice that I made. And in that time, I was trying to figure out what I could do to support him and to have something for myself so that led me to photography, um, which I ended up not really doing. And then I tried, um, because I was overweight, I was like, oh, I need to like get myself right. And so we, I signed up for a bikini competition for at a, a federation called the WBFF. Um, and I had a certain amount of months to get myself in shape to get on stage in a bikini. And I did wow. it. And then from there, I did a few more shows until I became a pro, a pro bikini model. Holy <laughs> shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, that takes, you've got to so be like. Insert the, the photo here that I give you after. <laughs> exactly. Because you have to, I bet you were shredded. Or oh, you, yeah. I mean, we'll find a picture. But I bet you like, because that, that is consistency. Like that's yeah. your diet. That's your exercise. And was that happening while you were on the road yeah, on tour? Yeah, something I could do on tour. I could go to the hotel gym or if we were in our bus, I could go to a gym nearby I had control over the my food and what we ate on the bus that's dedication um, and it's something that I could do in my own spare time while he was doing what he was doing so dabbled in that for a while and then Nick has always done film and television and he just started writing me in his, into his scripts and so then I was in some of his movies and which um, is not really my forte but i did it to be supportive and i had we had a lot of fun and um i don't recommend it but it is halloween season so we have a horror film on sci-fi called um left for oh my god dead seven and uh yeah it's a very interesting film and then from there i started getting uh jobs um for something they had back in the day called soap operas mm -hmm. so i was on um uh, One Life to Live and Days of Our Lives and was starting to go down this actress path that just kind of opened up for me and I was getting calls and getting more and more jobs until um, one day the um, W... What do they call it now? It's the World Wrestling Federation. It used to be the WWF, but now it's, it's the WWE. WWE. Right. And um, I was on the final callback for that show, Divas. Oh, yeah. And um, they had already had the Bella Twins. They already had, like, that whole cast. And so I already kind of looked like the rest of them. Plus, I was, I think, 30 at the time or, or 29, like, turning 30. You're so I was prime. geriatric. No. <laughs> <laughs> perfect or prime you're like no so they're I'm like old. we love you but uh we would love you to be an announcer in the back or like doing some job in in that capacity and this is your tour schedule and when we looked at all that I, it was it just didn't fit into our lifestyle so again um i just took a back seat and um but that's still insane so you had no formal acting training at all i took classes at howard fine acting studio in um hollywood and i also took some other classes 
from another acting coach um, because I every, anything I do, anything worth doing in life is worth doing right. Right. So it's like if I was going to be a bikini model, I'm going to be a pro. If I'm going to be an actress, I'm going to be in a movie. I'm going to get, you know what I mean? Like, it, and I'm kind of like, I, I kind of get obsessed with things and do them. And once I ple- complete the goal, that's I'm on to the next You're thing. like, what's next? Yeah, because... Um, for me, the journey is a lot more fulfilling than completing the goal. Like when that's right, I, my journey to getting to places and completing things is the, the fun. And then once you do it, you're like, I feel next. like that common denominator too. And all of those things is discipline. You know, you've got a lot of discipline because that's what it takes. If you're saying like, you can't take a journey anywhere without discipline you know if you're trying to get to a goal like in anything that you just said it's like acting you're going to take the classes for that journey that takes discipline the getting your pro card that's that is tough like I work out every single day and I wouldn't dream of doing that because of I, I just know that I'm I've got other stuff going on and the dedication that that takes is like absolutely insane so props to you that doesn't surprise me though like I think you're a very disciplined person in general so yeah Okay, so what was next? Then you did the, so the workout that led you to doing those workout videos. Yeah. Right? So then we were like, oh, maybe I'll have a YouTube channel where I do um, a fitness thing, and so I did that, and it was called Kit Fit because my last name, my maiden name is Kit. Very and cute. cute. And um, <laughs> I had amazing friends that are trainers in LA. My my one of my best friends, Leon Azubike, he um, he was gracious enough to be my in a lot of my videos as my boxing coach. And um, I got really good at boxing. I've been taking boxing for f- 15 years now and MMA. And then it's um, the best workout. Yeah. And just started like, I, you know, if I could get fit because this fat shit got a Backstreet Boy, then anybody, can, anybody can. I cannot picture you overweight. Oh, the picture. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep having you go ding. And, and we're going to put a little picture, but yeah, I, uh, I can't imagine that. So I'm definitely going to look, but I mean, you look great now. Oh, thank you. That also brings me to another point where it's a lifestyle change, right? Like you're saying I've been boxing for 15 years. It's not like you can go to a few classes and all of a sudden you're in shape. Like you've no, and I, dialed it in. And I, and too, like I was, I wasn't just going, I wasn't going to Barry's boot camp. I was like going with real boxing champions and doing one-on-ones learning how to do a speed bag learning how to do double like speed rope like from the basics I always take everything from the basics and go from there from the from the fundamentals the very first step and go from there because if I'm going to do something again I'm going to go a thousand percent you're going to give it your all yeah speaking of like weight gain and now you and Nick are married when did y'all decide to have children and what was that? Because I know you've got a really interesting um, childbearing journey is what I'll say. Um, we moved to Hidden Hills, Calabasas in 2015 from Tennessee. The Hidden Hills, I think people have all heard of it. It's like a very uh, celebrity centric community in Calabasas. And um, it was before, um, the, I think the... Mm, Chris Jenner was already living there, right. but none, none of the other Kardashians had lived there yet. Um, but it's soon uh, during our time there, it was like everyone moved in. Like, well, Smith uh, was a neighbor the weekend. Um, we just crazy, cra- Drake, like crazy people were our neighbors and we all, it was crazy. <laughs> um, and so we, and even though it was crazy, it was like that was us to now starting to go this next step in our relationship, which was having a family. And so we started that journey in 2015. Um, and we, so just long story short, I've, uh, I've been pregnant like eight times. And I have three children. Jeez. Um, I can get pregnant. For me, it was staying pregnant was the problem. So we had a lot of, um, we get pregnant, have a loss, uh, get pregnant, have a loss, uh, then resulted in a baby. You know, have a loss, have a baby, and then was not going to ever have a baby again and then had a baby. Um, Jeez. During that time, I was pregnant with our firstborn, our son. Nick was on Dancing with the Stars. And um, that was a difficult time for me because we had gone through a loss already. And so he was like 24, Dancing with the Stars is no joke. Like people who think that show is, 
easy no that is that is crazy i've seen that they're like in practice or practicing those routines for like and they'll be like all right you just did this routine now we're gonna surprise you with this new routine and you have to be ready to do it tomorrow morning and they're in the studio all night long working like it is wow joke and a lot of commitment and kudos to everyone on that show and to the um contestants because it's crazy but um 2015, uh, carrying into 2016, when we finally, we had our firstborn, he was born in Hidden Hills um, because we had a home birth. So on his birth certificate, it is the city of Hidden Hills. You, but you chose to have a home birth. So uh, it wasn't yeah. like a surprise. No. Okay. So I was in LA and I was at the time like super crunchy granola LA, like wanting to do everything all natural and have a, a natural home water birth, which I did. Um, but cool. it was 30 hours of intense hard labor and uh, I don't recommend it. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Um, it was, it was, a, it was a, it was a whole thing. Um, it was, it was very hard, but beautiful. And again, it's like, if I'm going to do something, I'm doing it. And no, that's I exactly did it. what I was just thinking in my head. Like, <laughs> and this after girl I pushed him out, I was like, I'm never doing it again. <laughs> I'm glad that you're real and honest though, because you see again, people's pictures that do that it's like oh my god it's so beautiful and that's really all you see but like <laughs> no the water doesn't help the pain Oof. no Mm-mm. and and everything tears and everything explodes oh. and no one tells you about all the other things that happen <sighs> like you have a second birth you have to give birth to your placenta afterwards yeah which it's like ugh. the stuff that they don't talk about in sex ed i had a girlfriend that had a child when she was 19 and I'll never, that was my first time ever hearing that you have to then birth a placenta afterward. And it's like doing, like they, they said, okay, let's get ready to push again. She's like, what are you talking about? I already, he's out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then breastfeeding, that's even harder than I think pregnancy is. Um, and so we did, we had our beautiful baby boy, Odin, and uh, it was great. It was really hard. It was beautiful. And then uh, circling back to, so when I first got with Nick, I didn't know that there was a fifth member. Obviously, as we went along, I'm like, oh, there's a fifth member. <laughs> oh and then he ended up coming back. And that's Kevin, who we became really, we, we, we're all a family. We're like a traveling circus. And um, I could see that when I went to the show with you. It was like a huge reunion back. My sister wives. Yeah, yeah totally. So Kristen, who's Kevin's wife, is a photographer. Um, and she was there the whole time and ha- taking pictures and documenting it for me. Wow. Um, and my sister was there and then I had a midwife and a doula and of course, Nick. And, um, I remember also during an intense period of birth or, you know, pregnancy, I could hear AJ downstairs and his wife. And, um, I didn't obviously go downstairs cause I was upstairs, but it was, it was like people coming to visit and <laughs> they're like, not now chief. She's in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it, keep it moving. And after it was all said and done, AJ was like, oh my God, we went to your house. i oh, Rochelle did his wife. Rochelle came upstairs and was like, hi, are you okay? And I'm like, no. When she was there to be supportive. Um, but I remember AJ going, man, the noises I heard from downstairs out. You're crazy. You're like, leave the fruitcake and go. I'm like, you were there? He's like, yeah. And they did. They're like, we, they brought a uh, Susie cake over. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So then your second child. Searsha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Searsha. I was always wondering how to pronounce that. Where, where did the inspiration for her, her name come from? Um, so Odin is obviously um, the the god of all the Vikings. Mm-hmm. He's the basically the king of the Vikings in Valhalla. And Nick has a lot of Scandinavian heritage, and he's obviously butt white. And so is my son. He is the carbon copy of his dad. He's, you think, even a little bit more translucent. Um, and uh, we loved the name Odin. And we love, at the time, we were like super into Game of Thrones and the show Vikings. Like I had this whole Viking Game of Thrones um, baby shower, and it just fit, and we loved it. And so um, on my side, my mom's Irish, and we wanted, uh, to give her a really powerful, strong um, name to speak to to that and that side of my heritage, and we came up with Sirsha, which it. is uh, uh, means freedom, and no at home birth. No, so because of what happened in my home birth, um, and because of my age uh, in your thirties, they consider you geriatric, and so I was high risk. Um, I had a uh, second trimester loss before Sirsha, 
Um, and wow. what that means is that like you have to give birth to the the baby and oh. like they go through this whole thing. Um, and so I was considered high risk, so I couldn't do that again. And I had to have a planned C-section. Um, so I like the fact that again, shifting your perspective and shifting the way you think, like I got to have a hunt natural home birth and I did it. And now I get to have a Western style me medical birth mm -hmm. and I did it the way I wanted to in, in, within those boundaries as well. Um, and it was perfect. It worked out and I have a beautiful baby girl. So that's all that really mattered. Yeah. Um, and in, in that birth, I had my tubes tied um, because we were going to be boy, girl, done. Yep. And uh, so I had Searsha in October. Her birthday was actually yesterday, October 2nd, um, 2019. Um, and pretty quickly after we had Searsha, Nick left to China to go on tour. And I remember he came back in November and um, he was really, really sick, like really sick. And then my mom got sick and she was sick for 10 days with a fever, didn't come out of her room. And that led us into COVID. Wow. And Nick had just come from a place called Macau, where it's not very far from Wuhan. Mm. And so we strongly believe that the, he had COVID and brought it back to the States oh. and then got my mom sick. But then we went into quarantine in the whole, you know, 2020. Uh -huh. um, we spent COVID um, at our house in Key West. We have a place in Key West, Florida. Um, and they shut down the island unless you owned a home or um, lived there. You couldn't be there. You not, couldn't not travel there. To quarantine no. either. So we, yeah. we flew in and stayed there. And it was awesome because we got to go out on our boat and we got to still have a sense of freedom and um, live our lives. And spend family time, which I'm sure is really rare with his schedule too. Mm -hmm. Cool. And during that time, I was uh, on the an HCG diet. Have you ever heard of that one? Mm-mm. It's a very strict diet with um, injections of HCG hormone um, and a very, very strict food diet. So I was like all about like trying to lose the baby weight because I was 217 pounds after I had my um, Searsha. And I was just losing weight, um, living my life, diving because we dive. Cool. Uh, we I were, dive too. We were, we were just living our lives, right? Love it. Um, come home and then in November of 2019, 2020, um, I was laying in bed and I felt something move. And I was like, no, did I? this story is not going where I think it's going. <laughs> I'm like, what? no, that didn't happen. I'm like, oh, never mind. I'm just like going to ignore this. And then I was laying in bed and I was looking at my stomach and I'm like, this, is, oh, this looks really weird. <laughs> and I called Nick into the room and I'm like, does my stomach look weird to you? And I was losing weight and I was, you know, getting thinner, but I had this like bump and he was like, I don't know, I think you need a colonic or something. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, I feel weird. So let it go. The next day, I really felt something move and I'm like, it was not my imagination. I have cancer and the tumor fell or something like there's the tumors are falling out of my body. Something's wrong. And you don't even think at this point it can be no a child no you had your tubes tied because i had my tubes tied i was all i was also when you're still breastfeeding and you're um still like recovering from having a, had a baby you don't have all your faculties yet you don't you don't get your period back yet right especially if you're breastfeeding and um i and i, I just had no idea so then we took nick's like i think you're pregnant I'm like there's no way and so he goes to the store he comes back we take two pregnancy tests they're positive and I'm like, still at that point, I'm like, I, they're positive because I'm on the HCG diet, which oh. is a pregnancy hormone. Like, duh. And so he calls our doctor and he's like, hey, um, something's wrong with Lauren. And he's like, uh-huh, what's going on? He's like, well, uh, she's pregnant. And he's like, yeah, that can happen. And she, he's like, no, but you tied her tubes. And he's like, oh, yeah, bring her in. So we go in and... Um, they they do an ultrasound where they stick the wand inside you. Oh, yeah, I've had that They immediately pulled it back out, and they're like, oh, we have to go on top. There's a head there. Oh, and I was like, my God. you mean like a tumor head? Because I'm in <laughs> You shock. still don't. And Nick is like jumping up and down in the corner giggling because he wanted to have a third child when he was even discussing like surrogacy. And um, the doctors are in there, the nurses are in there, and everyone's like, what the fuck? 
And so then they do, they put the gel on and they start doing the ultrasound and they're like, oh, honey, you're 20 weeks pregnant, which is like six months. And do you want to know what you're having? And I was like, a human? Like, am I, I'm having, and I remember putting my hands up like this and I was in shock. I was just in shock. Six months pregnant. You're having a girl in four months. It was the shortest pregnancy in the history. Because you're like losing the baby weight, but growing a baby. I had no idea. And then I'm like, I, I used to make fun of those girls on that TV show. I'm pregnant and didn't know it. Like, yeah. And I've been pregnant. Yeah. So many times. And, but then it, it all made sense because I already felt like shit because I'm on the diet and I'm still recovering from the last C-section and, you know, COVID and, you know, you just get used to being uncomfortable right you get used to kind of suffering and it's just a part of life this is wild and sure enough i was pregnant with our third baby our miracle child and uh yeah so we named her pearl because uh she was a grain of sand that grew into something beautiful (laughs) (laughs) and now you've got three beautiful children Mm -hmm. so and then just for context for people who are listening the way that you and i know each other is that we handle the social media for crypto cafe which is Mm -hmm. one of your businesses and so now how do you balance you know being a wife being a mother having this business that you're launching how do you how do you do all of that you just do it um and you have to make the choice to do it you have to prioritize you definitely have to um make sure that a lot of people don't agree with me on this but i look at it as like i take care of me first i prioritize myself and my mental health and my needs first why um is because if i'm good then I can take care of everyone else. Right. And you so I'm selfish in that cup. way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when they say, put your, your oxygen mask on yourself first, then take care of the, you know, your children. That's how I am. So if I need to do my therapy sessions, I make sure it's in the calendar. And then everyone knows that Lauren has therapy at this time. Or Lauren has to go work out. Or Lauren has a meditation. Or, you know, I put it in because I, I prioritize taking care of myself, which I never, I, I didn't always do. But in order to to do all the things that we do, you have to do that. Otherwise, you, it's not sustainable. If I, if I didn't lead, lead a healthy lifestyle that gives me the energy um, and the capability to do everything, it w- I wouldn't be able to. So, and speaking to that too, I've become a self-proclaimed biohacker. Um, I've biohacked my entire life and my body and my mind and my soul. And uh, I do everything now for the, for the greater good of my body and to live to be 180 years old. So explain, get granular with that. Like what kind of things do you do f- to, to support that? So it started with um, getting uh, food allergy tests, um, yeah, fecal tests, blood tests, urinary tests, uh, checking my hormones, going to a naturopath, using um, Western and Eastern style medical practices and combining the two and biohacking to, to make my blood work better, to make my brain function better, to have better cognitive function, to reverse my age uh, my cellular age backwards and that all entails like I don't eat any seed oils I don't even eat any processed foods I eat a very specific um, certain type of diet um, I've removed all toxins from my body and my house I drink certain types of water out of certain types of cups um, I take certain supplements I do um, get specific. So like for your cleaning products, because I also did that. I did like an overhaul. There's not anything with harsh chemicals. After, you know, my dog Xena got diagnosed with lymphoma. I'm like, well, if a dog can get cancer like this, I'm sure this is the same because it's basically what her um, doctor said, her oncologist said, well, it's the same way with humans. We just don't know what causes it. And I'm like, but environmental factors. I'm like, but don't we know what causes it? And I started looking and it's like those harsh chemicals. So I use- They're food bowls, number one. You're, you gave me that tip. So the metal from like the, the lead. bowls, from what I just ordered from Amazon, if you look into it, it's like those factories, they don't care what your dog's eating out of. So now I switched over to the bowls that you sent me. They're like the, um, they're not plastic. What are they? 
like silicone based? Um, no, they're a special titanium that doesn't leach um, any uh, harmful heavy metals like lead. Um, and they were created by the guy who did weatherproof um, mats for his car because he had golden retrievers and they all kept getting cancer. And he did this huge study and used his resources to figure out why. And a big uh, reason for his dogs was their bowls were leaching these harmful chemicals into the food and the water and giving them cancer. And that's just one contributing factor. I mean, we're, we're we have so many compounding contributing factors to fighting against um, toxins and free radicals and all, all kinds of things. Like there's not somebody said the other day, they're like, yo, just put some ble like mix it with some bleach or something. There is not bleach in my house. I use that Molly Suds as one of the brands. And then um, what is the cleaning supplies? Do you know what they are? Like the there's like a natural cleaning agent. Um, I use vinegar, baking soda. I use a, a product called Force of Nature, where mm -hmm. you just take water and salt, and it mixes it up in this machine and kills every bacteria, even coronavirus. And it's non-toxic. You can spray it on your your uh, food, your kids' stuff, everything. Um, I, uh, I use a lot of natural um, ingredients, and even I buy everything organic, but I don't eat um, all foods. I eat specific foods. And even when I buy organic, I soak it in baking soda to get off any residual anything. That's a good tip. Um, I mean, there's so, there's so many things. Um, NAD treatments are really important. They, I believe um, NAD IV treatments are the fountain of youth. It is, um, it is a peptide that is able to, trans, to transfer through a cell membrane. And so what are we? We're, we're creative cells. And within our cell, we have a nucleus. And within the nucleus, you have this thing called the mitochondria. And if the mitochondria, which is your engine, dies, the cell dies. So what NAD does is it goes into the cell membrane, into the mitochondria, and revitalizes your engine. Your, so uh, therefore, the cells don't die as fast or they're repaired leading to longer cell life do you have someone that comes over because i've mm -hmm. heard a lot of good things about like getting nad intravenously i take like the tablets like they they get shipped to my house every 30 days so i'm like all about that kind of stuff too yeah i do iv once a month and i do intranasal every other day i also take nmn pills um and a ton of other things too um another supplement which is really really important is called urothilin a mm -hmm. and it's by timeline nutrition um it is also a mitochondria uh benefactor it, it just it is uh if i had only one vitamin to take for the rest of my life i would take that one i gotta look into that i haven't heard of that yet but i'm also really into that stuff and again just be, it's crazy to me too that like all of the science that backs and supports these claims is out there and people just either like they're not looking for it it's even like the water that you shower with if you don't have like something that a whole water like, system it's so gross like once you start getting into this stuff um i take athletic greens every morning and just because that's like prebiotic probiotic so there's things and I, I haven't had a drink in five months because once you start researching and you're not a big drinker, like no, we drink. go out to dinners and I feel like it's you and I kind it's of not, holding down the fort really with not water. Good for your brain. No, there's zero percent of it is good for you. If you, they, uh, Dr. Um, Amen, he's a, a big doc, Doc Amen. He's on um, Instagram and he's the foremost psychiatrist in uh, mental health and like brain studies he's he, done hundreds of thousands of brain scans yeah he uh he shows you uh brain scans and he shows you like this is your brain on meth this is your brain on heroin this is your brain on crack and then when you get to alcohol alcohol had the worst side effects for your brain like the deterioration in your brain the dementia the cholesterol buildup which is what causes alzheimer's and dementia um Plus, our, our, our diet is we're, we're taught to eat non-fat, low-fat, when that's the opposite. You should be eating tons of fat. A healthy High-quality MCT oils, avocados, coconut oil, ghee. Even nuts. Yep, all those like healthy fats. Mm -hmm. And I can tell that you're into that stuff because like you said, it's like you can reverse aging. You really can like by doing these things and it's never too late for people to start. No, you know, it's just really figuring out what it is. So you time block out 
things that are like, for instance, do you do like breathwork meditation? Like you block that those time chunks out. Yeah. So I'll just put like, oh, in the morning, I'm going to have this amount of time. I have an infrared red light that I sit in front of in the morning and I do some breathing exercises. Um, I'm also really into plant therapy, um, wh whether that's psilocybin, uh, mushrooms. Um, I recently turned 40 in June and to celebrate, I did a uh, retreat in Costa Rica and did ayahuasca. How was that? Um, it was like changing. I heard that from everyone who has said it. And I, we've talked about it on the podcast with Brittany Palmer before. And I, uh, one of my clients has done it before. And everyone just says the exact same thing, that it's totally life-changing. Mm -hmm. Did you did you see anything? So um, I didn't connect to the medicine the way everyone else did. Um, I went with a very clear goal. And my goal was to take my family and friends and to improve their lives with plant medicine and to give them this once in a lifetime experience goal met they all had the most crazy outrageous amazing life-changing experiences um for myself i also wanted that and i also wanted to reach expansion because i'm in the tech world and because i'm involved in blockchain web3 technology um i'm trying to always i'm trying to grow in in my cognitive function and see things that other people don't see and create and um, come up with new technology etc cetera, etc cetera. so um when i went i didn't connect to the medicine mentally i had a very physical connection to it um uh, the ayahuasca went in my body i could feel it going through every single vein in my body wow and um i also had moments where we had a shaman and musicians in um, my body i wasn't in control of it my hand was like playing with the notes in the air even though i didn't see the notes it was like i i didn't have control of my arm oh. although you're in full control of your faculties the entire time um mentally i never connected and it's not uncommon it's uh so when you in the ayahuasca ceremony you take a cup and then you have an hour of silent meditation in the rainforest and you just become one with the sounds and the wind and you start you know grounding yourself to the earth and your intention um and then they open the ceremony for a second cup um and most everyone just took one cup the first night i took five um and i didn't have an experience wow uh the same thing happened the second night i think um they took friends took two max three um and i kept taking more cups and still nothing um and so that so we did three journeys and i just never mentally connected and it's not uncommon it's just ayahuasca gives you what you need and so I think ayahuasca went into my body to heal trauma in my body and to heal things physically that it needed to heal before right. I'm allowed to have that mental experience. So that's one of the other people that I know that did ayahuasca said that he always had stomach problems and because you purge yeah. and you get very sick. And he said he could obviously it has, you know, um, psychoactive, psychoactive effects that when he was purging, he could see this mass that came up and like, who knows if it was like actually there, but he said he felt lighter and he literally lost eight pounds. Obviously you're like purging and everything like that, but he maintained that weight afterward. Mm -hmm. Like he never put the, that eight pounds back on. So he feels like it did something like healing from within and like, listen, whether it's like placebo effect or whatever, everybody that I've talked to that has done it has said the same thing that it's life changing. But purging, and I'm glad you used that word because most people are like, oh, he threw up or he got sick. No, we use the word purge or plant medicine as opposed to, you know, drugs. drugs. <laughs> um, purging could be, I'm purging emotion. I'm purging trauma. I'm purging something that's not serving me. I'm purging toxins. I'm purging, um, you know, sickness. And uh, that's a big part of it is the purge. Um, I also didn't purge. Uh, I had to make myself purge. Purging could be crying. Purging could be laughing. Um, there's all kinds of different um, modalities to the purge. Uh, and you're all there supporting each other in, the, in those moments. It, it's, we, we didn't, again, we didn't do it um, on a whim. We prepped for it for four months. Everyone had to be on specific diets. Like you eat really no clean. No drinking, no anything you can't be on maoi inhibitors which is um antidepressants you can't smoke weed 
Uh, two weeks before the trip, you ha- you don't have sex, you don't look at porn, you don't look at social media, you don't um, take drugs, you don't drink, you don't eat certain, you don't eat red meat. You you have a very specific diet too. Well, I've heard too that for people that don't prep for it, they're usually the ones that Gets, have the get yeah. really sick because there's there's so much of that to purge. And I do believe that all that stuff is interconnected. So maybe you know it sounds like it met you where you needed it to meet you, but that's like what the hope and the dream is, right? That you're just so connected with yourself that you don't need to see some sort of yeah. vision or something. Um, and on my last day, so ayahuasca speaks to you, whether that's your own thoughts or whatever. Um, my last day, my last journey, the shaman recommended that I blindfold myself. And so I was blindfolded the entire time. And these ceremonies go from like nine at night till nine in the morning. Like it's a, it's a marathon. Yeah. And, um, so I was blindfolded. I could see everything though. Like I could, I had my bucket, I had my tissues, I had my little bed. I could go to the bathroom. I was blindfolded. I'd get up to go have a, another cup. Like we do a thing called rapé, which is another modality of medicine. And uh, I, I would speak to someone who was next to me or I was looking like it was it was a trip. Um, and at the end of it, Ayahuasca said, your journey's over. And then I couldn't see anymore. And uh, she said, because they believe it's the grandmother, the abuelita. Pacha mama, right? Yeah. Um, she's like, you have to come back alone. And I think for me, because I was there with my family and friends, um, I'm always like the wolf at the back of the pack, making sure everyone is safe and making sure that everyone is okay. Um, I wasn't able to let go because I'm, and I did every night that we were in a journey, I was just watching everyone else because I was present. Um, And I need to go back alone and do the journey alone, which is par for the course because I'm do everything alone, it seems. But that's good. If you're saying that that's kind of in your nature to assist other people before assisting yourself, that makes total sense mm-hmm. that, that when you got that vision, you heard that voice that like you have to go back and do it alone. And so I'm going back. So if you'd like to go back with me, I know we'll just be in like separate areas. But yeah, if you already I mean, that's really the other scariest part is that like, you know, finding a good shaman and people that you an authentic experience that is safe. Totally. And uh, because uh, I took Nick and another member of the Backstreet Boys and his wife and my sister and my best friend, and we invited others, but the, the schedule didn't permit. Um, I had to make sure that the place we went to was private and safe and so that they could have their journeys that they needed to have. Because, you know, when you're a celebrity like Nick, like you can't ever lose your shit. You know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> How do you know someone's not filming you from behind a tree and then posts it? You know? Exactly. Um, so we did. We took a lot of time and effort to research and to find a great um, place and, that we and we did. And we love the people. We're still we're still friends with them today. And I'm going to go back cool. on another journey. When you go, let me know. We'll be in like separate areas of the rainforest. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will journey together um, in a in a sacred space, uh, and it'll it'll be fine. Let's talk about before. First of all, like it sounds like you're you're so connected with yourself, and I want people before we go to hear about what you're doing with Crypto Cafe because that's originally when I mean I remember we were sitting at that caviar restaurant and where were we Caesars. And it was kind of just this idea that you had. And now like this business is full scale. We have like a full social media campaign. You've, we've attracted followers organically who are into crypto. So just tell everyone what Crypto Cafe is and kind of what's up next for you. Um, crypto Cafe started during the last bull cycle. It was an idea that I had um, in 2018 because um everyone was coming everyone knew i was in crypto and uh, i'd been into it for a while already i got into it around 2015 and um, i was helping so many of my family and friends set up wallets and get on exchanges or trans you know what is ethereum how do how do i go on the decks how do i swap what is this what is so i just like the amount of wallets and people that i helped set it up it was just becoming too much and i'm like where there's no real education hub for cryptocurrency that you can trust that is free that is not um geared towards what we call blockheads like we in cryptocurrency there's this whole language that we speak we use a lot of acronyms a lot of fast talking like what you would expect in a boiler room for stock stock the stock market um and 
it's a very fast pace, very, very difficult technology to understand. And so I saw the need for simplification. I saw the need for mass adoption. And for mass adoption, I think there has to be education and trust. And we have to speak to the regular people out there that don't know anything about it, that um, don't even know what fiat is. And that's actually our first lesson. What is fiat? Well, fiat is our what we use currency, our dollar. It's a currency that is governed by a government or central body. Um, and so we start from there and then we go, okay, well, this is the dollar. This is how it came to be. You think it's backed by gold. It's not. Can print as much of it as we want. Totally. And it's not inflation proof. It is not hack proof. There is fraud, wire fraud, check fraud, bank fraud, credit card fraud, every kind of fraud imaginable. Um, and we just break it down to explain to you like what you're already doing in life. When you pay someone with Venmo, it's ones and zeros on a ledger. You're not actually taking, there's not a little elf that's going into your Venmo account and taking that dollar and sticking it into that person's box. Like it never, it, currency never exchanges hands. It just changes numbers in a ledger. And blockchain technology is that. Blockchain technology is a ledger of information confirmed by the f- block before it. Um, and I could totally get into a l- really, really more high tech stuff, but uh, I'll just simplify it. Um, it is also ones and zeros in a ledger, but that is hack proof. It's also peer to peer. I can send it directly to you and there's no middleman. Um, it, they have decentralized wallets, which means that no one can take your money from you. Uh, your keys, your wallet. Uh, whereas if you have a bank account and let's say you don't pay your taxes correctly or you make a mistake, well, they'll just go in and grab your money. Or let's say something happens and you get a judgment. Well, they're just going to go take your money right. or garnish your wages. Um, if In crypto, no one can ever go and take your, your funds out of your wallet. Um, it's totally secure. And yeah, and it's, it's the, the bad part of crypto comes from human error. Mm-hmm. Everything nefarious in crypto is human error and human um, interaction. It's not the blockchain technology itself. And the way that I describe Crypto Cafe itself to people is it's kind of like how um, Duolingo is like a learn to earn platform. That is what it is. You're learning how to use crypto and you're taking these courses and that advances you up to the next level. So by the end of it, the idea is that you're going to be an expert on crypto. So your main focus is educating people on how to use this so that it's more approachable to everybody. Because like you said, it's like if you start listening, I mean, there's like memes of people that are like, speaking in like blockchain or crypto and it's like what are they talking about Mm -hmm. so you just saw that need which no one has done by the way so that's why I mean I'm passionate about it not only because you know we do the social Mm -hmm. media for it but if anybody wanted to learn more about it they would just if you go to cryptocafe.io on Instagram you can find out anything yeah you know and and you know we're a female founded company we're very female centric and we also think that this is a good opportunity for women to spearhead an industry that is new and up and coming. It's not new, but it is up and coming. Like our government is still deciding whether or not it's legal. Um, And I think it's a big opportunity for women to take control of their finances in a new way and being at the forefront of it where stocks has come and gone. Do you know what I mean? Like Wall Street's Wall Street. Yeah, it's gotten a little bit more female friendly, but it's still like central banking is still a bro's world. So is crypto right now. But we can change that and we can i always say like my girlfriend's like oh you know skip a starbucks coffee for the day and skip a mani petty and take that money and put it into bitcoin and look at what that turns into and the next bull run a bull run is when the market is healthy and thriving and and you're seeing extraordinary gains uh, right now we're currently in a bear market right and this is cool for me to hear the background of your life because it attributes itself so much to how you got into this space. Like even, you know, going all the way back to where you decided to just sacrifice your life and your career and go with Nick from the Backstreet Boys on tour. And you're taking this like salary that you're earning and putting it into the stock market. And now you're learning how to invest. Mm-hmm. And then you know, getting into the emerging market of crypto, learning how to invest. And you're like, hang on a second, like back because I didn't understand stocks and bonds either. And even what I would like ask my dad to teach me, it was like 
just seemed like there was too much for me to learn at that point. So when you get in on the front end of it and you're, you have somebody like you, who's like, no, this is so approachable. Let me show you how Mm -hmm. it becomes so much more digestible, you know, and it's for like investing should be for everybody. And it should be stuff that everyone's thinking about. Like the most expensive stock in the world, I believe is Berkshire Hathaway, uh, Warren Buffett's stock. um, And I think it's like 200 and something thousand dollars. Imagine getting in on that at 30 grand. That's what Bitcoin will be one day. It, knowing one day that it's going to be worth $500,000 a, a coin, um, that's a huge potential for gains. And don't you wish someone would have told you, you know, buy Apple, mm-hmm. buy Amazon, buy Berkshire Hathaway back when it was so low. Right. And But I think why should people do that? Well, you first have to teach them why is this great? Right. Because there are great reasons to invest in Bitcoin. Why should I trust it? There are great reasons to trust it. There are great reasons to not trust it too. And most of that is human interaction and um, different exchanges and scams, what have you. Uh, but I, I do believe that it is the future of our financial industry. Um, again, already a digital eight, we're already ones and zeros in a ledger, but it's controlled by the bank and it's uh, hack hackable. So explain to people how they can get in with Crypto Cafe, like what what the launch date is. Obviously, I already know all this information, but just to, um, so people can so hear from you. So we are super excited because we've just partnered with um, the biggest exchange in the world, which is Binance. Um, Binance, by volume, is the largest um, crypto exchange globally. It is an, an OG exchange as well. And to have partnered with them in what they call um, an incubation lab is is for us, it was everything um, because they're kind of, um, you know, seeing what we can do and what we're trying to do. And they also agree with us like they speak to and go after already crypto blockheads. Right. We're not we're not going for that. We're trying to teach anyone and everyone, even children like piggy bank money, birthday card money. Like we I teach my children to invest in Bitcoin now and let it just ride and see what it turns into when they're 18. Um, we deal with bite-sized digestible pieces of information. Every, nobody has a long attention span anymore and it is a very complicated technology to understand. So we break it up into small bite-sized portions that is easy to understand, that is simplified, but also already relating to what you're doing in your real life so, so, so that you can understand it. And we're also not, um, a, we're not a bro, you know, crypto bro platform. We're like a family platform for CryptoCafe.io that um, anyone can come to. Like your grandmother can come to our website and use it and understand it and go through it and follow it. And, and, and she can know what buttons to push because they're so, it gets so complicated, right? Um, we make it fun and easy uh, and it's cost free. Um, there's no risk to learning. Um, I get this question a lot too, is like, well, why wouldn't someone just go on YouTube and learn about crypto? That's a great question because that's how I learned. Uh, I learned the hard way and that's by hours and hours and hours of do your own research, spending countless hours on YouTube, Reddit, blogs, forums, um, all the information I could get and a lot of trial and error. And there's a lot of scams. Um, if I was a heart surgeon and you want to learn how to do open heart surgery, yeah, I could watch the surgery online on YouTube and, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be able to go and do the surgery in real life Brilliant. and trust the information that I'm getting is correct or all the nuances that come with that or the, the little, like, again, the fundamentals starting from what is fiat, which is our own currency that we're using right now today. Most people don't even understand how that works, where it's stored, what it is taxes they don't understand basic financial you know uh like knowledge yeah principles and so and you've you've aggregated a team of people too and like what we're doing through social media is introducing each of these like kind of cast of characters so that you know when you don't have to scour you know pages and pages of youtubes and figure out who's saying what it's like one it's like a one-stop shop literally Mm -hmm. where you're learning from these experts in the industry it's the same characters that are repeating you guys have you know the fafo fridays where you're just sitting down and talking about what's new in the industry uh and so i think it's a really credible 
space where there's just like an aggregate of professionals in the crypto space that you can like learn to trust because you see them all the time. Yeah. And uh, the reason why I started Crypto Cafe was to educate everyone because I made a ton of money in crypto in my bed there in between my pregnancy I, I saw it when we were like <laughs> and, out at that caviar bar I saw the, the amount I was like okay I'm getting in on and this and if I can do it which is why I'm like anybody any mom any girl any anyone can go and do this yep. and do it safer than I did it because I lost money too I took a, but I'm a risk taker um, but I don't want that I want people to to trust the technology and to know the blue chips first instead before going to the altcoins and the the um, decentralized exchanges. Yeah, I think this conversation was so much fun. I feel like we just everything that has led you up to the point where you are in your life right now is so fun for me to hear. There's a lot of stuff that I did know, but a lot that I didn't know. And I feel like the discipline is what comes into play, obviously, with you. It's like if you set your mind to something, you're going to do it, whether it's your natural home birth, whether it's starting a crypto company literally from the ground up. So I feel like this is an amazing conversation. Hopefully people got some good insight to you as a person. Um, And that was my goal for what I wanted to show people is that I think you know, your online persona, you're such a figure. And that figure is, it's, you know, you're a Backstreet Boys wife, but like, that's not how I know you. And I feel like this conversation really reflected like what a just well-rounded individual you are. Mm, You're a boss, you're a force. And thank you so much for coming on. Tell everybody where they can find you. Um, I, um, I'm not very active on social media because I just hate social media, but it's, um, it's a double-edged sword, uh, but I'm at Lauren Kit Carter on Instagram. Um, CryptoCafe.io is where our platform can be found, and it's free for all. Um, you can also uh, check us out on our YouTube channel, uh, Crypto Cafe, and we also have a Facebook group called Crypto Cafe, um, and we have a special group called the Blockheads of um, Crypto Cafe, where we I do online AMAs, um, and I answer back personally and to your questions. I love that. And you're also so involved in the company, um, which we also love and appreciate. I will link all those links for everybody. And I think we should probably launch this episode on launch day, you know? Good idea. That's good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You're so welcome. 